Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Layton's Loft, where you can find us every Wednesday on our Facebook page at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And for those of you who are from the Vintage Breaks community, welcome. Appreciate you joining us. Of course, you can watch it on the YouTube uh, Vintage Breaks channel, as well as our Facebook page for Layton's Loft. Mm -hmm. So okay. how are you today, Lou? I'm doing very well. You guys must be busy. I, I got into it a little before we went on. The, the move must be just maddening, but fun and exciting at the same time. Or just maddening. <laughs> it's uh, probably all of the above. Yeah. Um, but everyone's in it knee deep together. You know, we all have the same common goal of getting out of here mm -hmm. and moving to greener pastures. Yep. Uh, but make no mistake. Um, it's a lot of work. Um, you have to, it's, it's not even just a lot of work. It's a lot of work that has to be done consistently every day. Because if you miss a day, there's no, like, there's no corners to be cut anymore. Right. So I want to give everyone an example. Um, just a little bit what's going on. So ideally, Lou, in a perfect world, we would have an open house. Right. Okay. Now, it's probably not going to happen in a formal sense. What's up, Nick? Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, what's up, James? Um, so the reason why I don't think it's going to happen in a formal sense is because everything is very chaotic. And it's not like one day is better for us than another. However, we had someone come in the other day. Let's see if you can uh, see this easily. Can you see that group of cards? Yes, it's like a whole skin of cards. Yeah, so what's funny is we sold this whole group. I'm going to tell you how much we sold it for. Okay. And I can also ask any staff member if they can tell the difference that those cards are gone. <laughs> and you've heard the expression, yeah. a pimple on an elephant's ass. Yes. So we sold that group. Um, and to give you some context, folks, and perspective, you know, we didn't sell it to a collector. We sold it to a dealer who I know very well. Mm -hmm. um, and he sells on eBay. He's, um, you know, he's a little bit of an older gentleman. I bring it up because he's like semi-retired. So he's not, he doesn't, he doesn't want to lose money, but he doesn't have to sell it in a certain amount of time. Right. Okay. So you can see that unless you're like a robot, you can't sell this amount of cards quickly. No. Unless you sell them all at once the way that I did. Right. Except if you sell it all at once the way that I did, the gentleman or the person buying it from me will likely have to break them up in order to make his margin. Um, AJ5, yeah. Brandon said he didn't get the notification today. But good to see uh, you guys. I don't know what that means. But... Uh, that's notification probably on Facebook. I'm not sure why he didn't get it when we schedule it. It should. That's Facebook. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Yeah. So anyway, um, gang, uh, we reached a deal. He's going to resell it. He does it in a combination of he puts together like starter sets, near complete sets. He does it all by grade. But if I had to give you a rough idea, 5, 10, 15, 25, it's probably 50-ish 50 50 -ish thousand cards. Wow. So unless you're a robot, like, you know, unless you could just like use your brain to move the cards without touching them. I don't know how to do it fast. So there's a real amount of labor involved. So we sold this group of cards, which we were thrilled to sell it, and we got a fair price. We sold this group for $8,000. And I realize it doesn't mean anything to you all, 
just in terms of other than the quantity, it was mainly 70s, but there was some 50s and 60s. It was definitely a, a good deal, um, fair deal, but it's one that takes a lot of work to make your money. Um, and, you know, we just had too much of that kind of stuff. Now, uh, at somewhere, is there there's a record of every card in that set? You know every card that went out in that particular purchase? No. No? Okay. <laughs> no, no, most, most certainly not. No, yeah. no, but it's a, it's a bulk, it's a bulk kind of wholesale, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm making it up. If you're in the liquor business and a liquor store that is either, let's say moving or, or closing says, Hey, I got 1500, 15,000 bottles of wine. Yep. You're not getting a complete inventory list. Is it red? Is it white? Is it, are the bottles in clean condition? Are they cracked? And like, you just move the whole unit. Okay, so, so what keeps that unit together and what is it listed as? What what did you sell? Just a lot of baseball cards or a lot of... Sure. So it's yeah. interesting. I wish I had the paper near me. So I literally sold it by group. So even though you're seeing it on the palette or on that skit, I really went through, or that's not true. The gentleman who bought the cards for me went through each group, one group at a time, mm -hmm. and told me what he would pay for each group. Okay. So what's nice is it saves me time of having to price it because first of all, if I price it, I'm going to price it, I'm sure way too high. Yep. And the whole point is, is I wanted to sell. I didn't yep. want to be taken advantage of, but I did want to sell. We got a lot of stuff and we're right. not going to miss it. Hey, what's up, Tom? I'm not sure why there wasn't a uh, live notice, but um, it could be a Facebook thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Yeah, usually when we schedule it, a live notice goes out to everybody. So I'm sorry. Yeah, not sure. Well, yeah. I appreciate you joining us, Tom. Um, so anyway... We literally went, if I had a, I'm, I'm, I'm visualizing the paper. I'm going to tell you, Lou, there was like 15, 18 groups of cards. Okay. So he looks at the said group of cards in a box, in a group, in a stack. Layton, for this 1950s group, I'll pay X. Mm -hmm. So when he was done, I was actually, I had, I had multiple phone calls yesterday. When he was done, I simply sat down with him. He gave me his buy list with his offer. And this is what's great. Um, he tells me as soon as he gives it to me, you know, Leighton, just letting you know, this is the most I can pay per group. Yeah. And, and I'm sharing this. And if he's listing, it's all in good fun. But I literally, I didn't even hear him. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know, that's just what you have to say. Yep. But the reality of it is, um, and his first name is Johnny, uh, not, not related to J5 uh, <laughs> or in the other Johns in our office. Yep. Um, I simply said, Hey, if you don't want to, um, oh, interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure, Chris. We'll figure it out. Um, so it's uh, it was great because I didn't feel any pressure. In other words, let's say the deal was only seven thousand. We got that number from the, each group that he made the offer on that either I agreed to or I countered. So what's nice is I know what made up. Like I don't know the exact cards that made up everything that I sold. But right. I know how we got to 8,000 and I feel comfortable that I got a fair price okay. because we went group by group by group. And in some cases I did ask for more. In some cases he said yes. In other cases he would counter my counter. And in some cases, just to be agreeable, I would just say yes. Right. You know, cause you don't want to be a pain in the, you know, you yeah. know what? But none of this was arbitrary. It was. No, it was there was no guessing. Yeah. And to be fair, I have no doubt. Johnny probably knows that particular little niche market better than I do. Right. Because he's done this dance before. 
And I'm not saying that I haven't. I just I, I'm I'm buying a little bit differently than he is. I'm not buying those kinds of lots to break them up into starter sets. I don't have that manpower. Right. You know, we have we have we're we we're not able to do that. Yeah. Um, and you're hoping that he makes two to four X because as Nick is saying, like yeah. you want him to come back. Nick says totally I understand, Nick. Nick Gable said, I just did the same thing a month ago. A ton of graded cards, singles. This guy should make five times what he paid. But it Well, to be clear, I'm not on the same page as far as the graded. Yep. Because graded, as long as it's good liquid grade cards, you know, we pay a very high percentage because they're commoditized. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about 50,000 ungraded cards, they could all be the 50s, 60s, and 70s, and they're great. But unless you're going to grade them and there's going to be a huge return, you're really talking about, and I, and I like using this terminology when it comes to something like this in our business, um, but it's a business problem. So although it's an asset and I got $8,000, so guess what happens, Lou and gang, if Johnny doesn't buy that group? Even though we now know it's worth 8000 because I sold it for that, if he doesn't buy it, all I really have is a business problem. Right. Because that's not an $8,000 graded card. That's not an $8,000 set. That's an $8,000 group of 50,000 cards which the next guy could easily only offer you five grand for because of the amount of work involved. Right. Plus you're at the point where you're just trying to thin the hoard, right? Yeah. (laughs) And you've been on the other end of this. So you realize as a dealer, you know what he's doing with them. So you have to allow for a little bit of a margin. So, you know, you have to be reasonable in that way too. You know, what's great about the meeting yesterday is we knew exactly what each other wanted. So, you know, could he have tried to be more difficult about the price? Oh, absolutely. Yep. And I give him credit. So he it really dawned on him that, he, that I wasn't kidding that we're moving because, you know, you wouldn't even know it, right? We still have so much stuff. Um, but when <laughs> it he looks called the me, same when you're moving and when you're not moving? <laughs> it's, I mean, you can tell we're moving, but there's a lot going yep. on here. There's a lot of stuff. Um, so when he hit the road, he called me a short while after. He said, hey, late. Even though I said to you I wouldn't see you for a couple months, why don't you put together another group? Yeah. And I'm sure you'd appreciate if I came down like before you moved versus you have to move the stuff and then sell it to me then. I'm like, Johnny, you're the best. He's a business guy. He's a business guy. You're doing business to business work. And both of you are working on the assumption this isn't the last transaction between the two of you. Very, very much so. Um, What's up, Jim? Thanks for joining us today in Leighton's Loft. Uh, so today's prize for Layton's Loft is going to be a $100 break credit to VintageBreaks.com. And if you win today and you spend it before this Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern time, you're going to have a chance to not only um, get some cool breaks, but we're giving away thousands of dollars in prizes Sunday evening at 10 o'clock Eastern time, 1964 Tops baseball complete set, Stan Musial rookie, thousands of dollars of break credit. Much, much more. Make sure you tune in. It's always must-see breaking TV on the last day of our big events, and that's this Sunday, the 15th. It ends at 10 o'clock Eastern time. And if you folks are in the Tri-State area and are thinking about making your way out to the Autograph Fest, sponsored by Rick Probstein and his gang, um, we're going to be set up there at the American Dream Mall Friday and Saturday. So if you'd like to come meet yours truly, I'll be there Friday and part of Saturday. Matt and Ethan will be there all day Saturday. J5 will be there on Friday. Um, And although we've not officially booked anything with Mariano, 
Um, I am hoping that last minute he may say yes to just an impromptu yeah. break of a 92 Bowman pack. Um, and there's going to be a number of other athletes there. So I'm basically hoping to pull off an impromptu, you know, break uh, with a former, um, you know, grade or two and see if we can have some fun. So sure. if you are in the area, make sure you check out the great um, American uh, mall. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic card show. And you guys, you're moving now, but I don't know if you know that there's a big card show at Fenway next weekend. There is. Yeah. It's going to be difficult for me to make that with everything yeah. going on. Next year. Um, but, oh, it's, I mean, I know the group putting it on. Costa Cards is a great organization. Yeah. Uh, so a couple other things. Um, so $100 break credit today, and we're doing it with a trivia question, right? Yes. Yep. Um, well, no, we're going to do the trivia question for something different. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, they great. can win. Yeah, they can win the hundred dollars oh. at the end of the show. We're gonna go over the trivia question in just one second. Um, I did want to offer. Uh, this is in the spirit of our move. I'm now going to allow two more people to contact me today via email to pick out anything from the Just Collect eBay store, up to five hundred dollars. And as long as you email me directly and you're one of the first two people today, you will have a chance to buy it at fifty percent off our wow. asking price. Wow, that's great. Um, we've had a number of people already take advantage. Yep. So I try to sprinkle it in one here, two there, because obviously, you know, 50% off is not something that we do really ever. Um, and so I thought it was a nice thing to do with the spirit of our move. And clearly we have too many cards. Are there, <laughs> clearly, are there limits other than just being the ones in the back room, right? Um, in terms of value of the card or oh, size yeah, of the up to up to $500, up to $500. Okay. Yep. Yep. So if you choose a card up to $500, you'll get 50% off. And it could be a $100 card. Hey, what's up, Bobby? I am going to try to make the next Toronto show. Absolutely. Um, so it could be any card uh, graded up to 500 bucks. You will get 50% off. All you have to do is just reach out directly to my email and be one of the first two people to do so. Okay. Um, so a couple other things uh, in terms of today's um, discussion that I wanted to have is it's a little controversial, Lou. Which okay, I, I thought you'd like. I do. I like that. So recently, there was the big hit that was pulled out of a product called 2020-21 Panini Flawless Basketball. Okay. And the card that we're talking about that was pulled was a LeBron Logo Man one of one. For those of you who do not know what I'm talking about, it is a card that features the NBA Logo Man from three different LeBron jerseys, um, Lakers, Cavs, Heat. Mm -hmm. And it's the first time that a card company had done this before. Interesting. Oh, wow. So it was finally hit and pulled on Whatnot, the app. And the estimate for this card is a few million dollars. A few million. Wow. And I thought it would be interesting to discuss my take on that card and although do i think it's cool yes but to me it defines manufactured scarcity mm -hmm. like if there was a definition i would literally just write see logo man lebron james one <laughs> of one 2020 slash 21 flawless and this is my hot take lou okay yep the card is going to sell for more and like a multiple more then the three jerseys it would take together to buy all three jerseys. Right. 
So in essence, you really just have Panini, the manufacturer, slapping their one of one on it. Yep. And doing, even though the logo man's cool, like for those of you who don't understand what it is, it's a cutout portion of the jersey. Which if you buy a whole jersey of him when he played on the Lakers, when he played on the Heat, when he played on the Cavs, you would have all those logo, logo men and the rest of his jersey. The yeah. only thing you wouldn't have, Lou, is you would not have a little card manufactured by Panini that said one of one with the cutout of those three you know, NBA logos. Yeah, it wasn't a special logo. It wasn't a one-time logo. If you had three of his jerseys, you'd have the logos. This guy's saying he'd rather have a Tom. Would rather have an 06 Wagner or 52 Mantle. I got to be honest with you. I'd rather have like an unopened case of Reggie candy bars. <laughs> and to be fair, let's preface this with that it's worth nothing. Because if it's worth millions of dollars, of course I would take it and sell it and take the money. Yep. But if you had to say to me like, "Am I intrigued by it? Am I interested in it?" I was interested in the marketing of it by whatnot and like the way that Panini was able to capitalize on the one card and making that like this big holy grail chase. Yep. What I'm trying to get at in this just few minute hot take is I want people to be able to think for themselves. Yeah. So just because I show you, and this is a great pack, but just because I show you a 1966 Tops football pack and I tell you it's great, please do your research. Figure out if you think it's great or ask a question. Leighton, why do you think it's great? And I'd be happy to debate or talk about it. Yep. But what I don't love is that there's no hard discussions out there that I've seen. You know, listen, I text with Drew. I talk with Gilmer all the time. They're in my camp. But, you know, we're not making, like, social media. We're not producing shows on it. Today, obviously, we're discussing this hot take that we have. I'm curious. Please let me know in the comments what your hot take is. I'd like to know. Well, there's two there's two principles here, one of which is uh, at a point, manufactured scarcity is indistinguishable from scarcity in general. And secondly, we're a capitalist society. Whatever one guy is willing to pay for it, because I'm guessing the results here in terms of our reaction, my reaction, your reaction, uh, Drew and Chris's, they're all the same. And I'm guessing most of our crowd will have the same reaction as well, which is like, I, I don't understand the value in it. All it takes is one guy, though. Well, that is part of, if you will, defending that investment, right? Like, there's only one. I don't know. There's but only there's one only one guy who would pay three million for it. I'm guessing. I don't know. There's not many. Or... There's not yeah. many, at least yeah. that I that I think. Um, and it just it's interesting um, because <laughs> it's just such. Like, it's not even, right? Like, I, I don't pretend to know art, okay? Yep. But I feel like because of my appreciation for great photography and a little bit being in this industry, I at least know what art I like. Right. What I'm trying to say is that this card was produced in such a way that even aesthetically, it's not pleasing to the eye. No. It's simply these three logos surrounded by, like, very, you know plain looking text and it certainly doesn't reek to me of being millions of dollars right 
So if you're listening to the show afterwards on Facebook on the playback, please let us know in the comments what you think about the LeBron Logo Men card, one of one that was recently pulled on the WhatNot app. Well, I, this comes back to the whole NFT thing for me. The, the whole appeal has to be explained to me. I'm not I'm not even really sure what's going on there. That's manufactured scarcity as well, isn't it? Yes. And in this case, I would sell it in a New York minute. Yeah. And with the NFTs, you don't get a display option. You don't get to put it up on your wall. You don't. I mean, at least with this card, you could mount it and put it in the case. Now, that's a three million dollar card. And everyone goes, wow, and drinks their cocktail and, you know, moves on. But uh, you can't even do that with an NFT. I don't think I could tell someone that was a multi-million dollar card with a straight face. Think of that, though. Think of someone looking you in the eye and telling you they paid three million dollars for that. I mean, you know, listen, and, and this is this is more of like shop talk, right? We're at the bar. Yeah. We, you know, we're just relaxing. There's no right or wrong, but there's no one that would convince me, other than the actual that it's worth this. Then, of course, I would take it and I would sell it and take the money and happily redeploy it somewhere else. Yeah, the only value you would see in it is if you felt it was worth $3.5 million on the open market and then turn around. That would be the value. There wouldn't be any, any intrinsic value in the card. It would be its value I, as an investment. Not only did you nail it, Lou, I don't think I really have any pride in ownership. No. That's that's what I'm trying to say. It's so bizarre. Um, so the last thing I want to close with for today is um, giving away... And I love these kinds of cards, Lou. So this is a gorgeous 54 Tops Eddie Matthews. Oh, it's a little bit off-centered top to bottom. But other than mm -hmm. the centering, can you see how sharp this is, the color? It's, it's beautiful. And he's so young. <laughs> yes. It's a kid. So this came from a collection we recently purchased. And we're going to give this away to one of our loyal Layton's Loft watchers. And the way we're going to do it, Lou, is we're going to ask your trivia question. Okay. And you can explain to everyone the rules, how it works. And, of course, even though they may see their right answer first. Um, yes. Uh, we're working through several servers and uh, on several outlets here. So, And uh, the sequence of answers may show up differently in different places. We're going by my sequence on my message board and what goes on for the guy who wins. So it, it may look a little different on yours, but we're working through a couple of different uh, websites and, and uh, servers and all kinds of things going on. So my uh, stream will be the determining factor in the winner. All right, Lou, whenever you're ready, hit them. All right. There are nine Major League players who've accumulated 600 or more home runs in Major League history. Only one of them has not won an MVP. Tell me who the player is who has 600 homers and has never won an MVP. I tell you, Lou, that's pretty nasty. Yeah. Well, it's a limited, limited market, so you can... No, I know, but that's like... That's one of those where, of course, you can figure it out, right? Because you can Google the list. And yeah. but my, my point is, it's very interesting because if you had said to me, hey, late, the over-under is one and a half on the list of people who have hit 600 home runs in Major League history, of know, making right? the Hall of Fame or not. Yep. Oh, Brent, uh, Danny Casbier got it. Jim Tomei. Yep. Good guess. Good guess. Because I would have said Tomei didn't have an MVP, but I didn't know he had 600 home runs. I would have had to, like, double-check and just beat Brandon and Todd. And by the way, the highest he came in MVP, MVP voting was third in 2003 when he played for the Phillies. That's a lot higher than I finished. I didn't <laughs> make the ballot. That's true. So Danny Casper, congratulations. Let me uh, jot that down. Congratulations, Danny.
Thanks for tuning in today, as well as the rest of our Leighton's Loft friends, Vintage Breaks community. We appreciate it. Um, and I did show this earlier. So this is this beauty. We've never had this before. This is going to go up on the site this afternoon. 1966 Tufts football pack. Second year Joe Namath. Mm -hmm. There is only one PSA 10 and 11 nines. Ooh. Only 132 card set. Five cards in the pack. So possible. Hashtag real scarcity. Yes. This <laughs> is a beaut. And I have decided that, you know, I had too much money or I don't know what to do with money or I win the lottery. Yep. Even though I do love opening vintage and I do. Like if I had this pack and I had no other, yep. I'd probably hold it. But I think my policy would be I would buy no less than two of anything. Okay. So I could have a vault and then I could have an active you know, like every Friday night, instead of cracking open like an old bottle of wine, you're going to crack open. Oh, yeah. Right now, what's your criteria for breaking or leaving? How do you determine? Oh, you break everything, right? Well, I mean, I break. I'll break everything. But I would yeah. say that I don't know what it is about this, but I know it's a tough year. I like the way. And if you look right, it's not just a pack of cards. This really does resemble like art. Mm-hmm. So I like this. This this one hits me. I, I like this one. And plus, listen, I'm a I'm a sucker for the Jets. We got nothing, right? So I mean, I need something to like. Oh, this is a possible Joe name a second year. So we keep it closed. That's what Jets fans love. Hope. That's the sickness. I don't want to raise any false hope, but you may finish ahead of the Patriots this year. I'm just saying. Now, why'd you have to go and do that? <laughs> I'm just saying it's a possibility. You know, you know, Lou. I'm beyond superstitious with the Jets. He just mushed us. <laughs> he simply said that the Jets are going to probably finishing above the Patriots this year. I said it's all, a possibility, that's, but that's all you need to do is like mush us. That's, we don't need that. <laughs> exactly. We do enough mushing ourselves. Yeah. Well, the the schedule release is coming out tomorrow night, and uh, we were talking about it up here on the air today. And usually at that point, you go through the schedule and you go win loss, win loss. And you go through the season right there. And yep. we were discussing how many easy wins the Patriots have, and Detroit is one of them. Who's the other one that's on there that we think is easy? And then we started debating about the Jets games and what, whether those are easy. And it's like the, our consensus was, nope, not easy at all. You know? uh, good afternoon, Jeremy. I appreciate you joining us. Um, agreed, Lou. This is an interesting comment from Bobby from uh, north of the border. Something bought in the age of innocence that has survived the test of time has true rarity. The yeah. new cards, although some are nice, these high-end cards that are part of the hobby is influenced by 1%. And he's 100% right. Because when we were all kids, whether it be you grew up in Brooklyn or Beverly Hills, you're buying the same Topps cards in the 1960s, my friends. Mm -hmm. But now if you're growing up in the slums of wherever versus Beverly Hills, like you're not getting the one-of-one -one logo man LeBron. You just have no chance. Yep. And that's part, as we've learned here on this show and with Vintage Breaks and Just Collect, the story is part of it, and the story of a 1960s card, you know, being open and being in a kid's shoebox and then surviving to this time, I mean, that just adds, you know, such a great flavor to it other than I picked a one-on-one, a one-on-one out of a pack, you know, yesterday or out of a box yesterday. Bobby's other comment, and we're going we're gonna to sign off with this, 99%, and he probably is right. You know, you know, he can't prove it, but I think he's right. 99% of people, whether it be their active hobbyists, collectors, not counting a dealer, have never spent more than $5,000 on a card in their life. Yeah. 
I'd say 99.64%. Once again, hard to prove. Right. But nonetheless, interesting to debate. Thanks all for tuning in today. Don't forget, we're going to be streaming from 2 p.m. Eastern time today till about 9 or 9.30 tonight. Vintage Breaks North here in the 459. Then we'll be handing it over to Sir Charles. Hmm. Vintage Breaks West. And we have our big event ending this Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Special shout out, Vintage Breaks South and Chris Gilmore. And then our good buddy Drew on Whatnot for Vintage Breaks. We got a lot of action all over the place these days. So you will never be without Vintage Breaks. Just a matter of where you'd like to watch us. All right. And we'll see you next week on the left. Thanks, everybody.